Happy Sunday, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today in our Sunday worship celebration here in Ictus Dumaguete Online. I am Pastor Jovin Lim, the lead pastor of Ictus Dumaguete, and I would like to welcome everyone, especially our first-time worshipers and attenders today. Welcome to Ictus Family. If this is your first time to be with us, please don't forget to fill up our electronic guest card in our description so that we can get connected with you. Let me also greet our brothers and sisters in the Lord from Ictus South, Ictus North, Ictus West, IRC Dumaguete family, and to all our brothers and sisters from different places. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now before we will start, let me just encourage you to take time to post this worship service live stream that we have in your timeline, or you can do a watch party, or you can share this in your group messengers so that as we are being blessed by the Word of God and in this worship experience today, we can also bless other people. If you want your family and friends to join us in worshiping the Lord, just comment their names in our comment section so that they will be notified in our worship live stream today. So, as we start, let us open this with a word of prayer. Abba Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Indeed, you are a faithful God. You are a loving God. You are a graceful God. And today, Father God, it is our prayer that you can touch our heart once again as we join together our hearts in unity, in worshiping you in spirit and in truth. It is our joy to bring back all the glory, all the praises and honor for what you have done in our lives. Father, prepare our hearts now as we come into your presence with singing and with a joyful heart. And prepare our hearts as well as we listen to your word. Thank you, Abba Father. This is all we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So today, beloved, as we prepare our hearts in singing songs of praise to our living God, let me read to you our call to worship. Psalm 66 verses 1 to 4. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds! So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Now, beloved, let us prepare our hearts in singing songs of praise and thanksgiving to our living God together with our Ictus Dumaguete I Worship Team. Good morning, everyone! We welcome you to our worship service today. And now as we worship our God, I encourage you to join us in this live stream worship that we have. You can lift your hands there, you can dance, you can shout the name of the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. Oh yeah, yes God, you are our Redeemer, you are our Savior, oh Lord, and we praise you, oh God, in this place. We worship you, oh Lord.
sing my Savior. My Savior, Redeemer, lifting me from the miry clay. Almighty, forever, I will ever be the same as you came near. From the everlasting to the world we live, the Father's soul. here today, Lord, worshiping your name. And Lord, this song will remind us of how beautiful a kind of Savior you are. Lord, we pour our hearts, Lord God, in your name today. As your people, as your church, Lord God, we want to behold the beauty, Lord, that is in you as we sing this song. 
everyone that's singing this song. Let's say Jesus.
Thank you so much for joining us in that beautiful singing together with our IO worship team. It is our joy and desire that our praises and thanksgiving become a sweet aroma to our living God today. Now, beloved, let us be excited in discovering our part 5 of our series, What is God Doing Through Coronavirus? Today, we have a beautiful topic that will give us the affirmation and the hope that we can still experience joy even in the midst of suffering. Let us prepare our hearts now as we listen to God's Word to be given by our Senior Pastor of Ictus Bacolod, Pastor Joe Ascalon. Good morning once again and welcome to our Sunday online here at Ictus. Well, first of all, we would like to welcome the people who are joining us in Tacloban. Brother Henry Kwa. Thank you for joining uh, with us this Sunday and the rest of all the wonderful people in the Lord's Harvest. Down to Dumaguete, Pastor Joven, Sister Jonah, and all the wonderful people there. So welcome, and to all of you who are joining us this morning. So let me start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you once again for this beautiful Sunday as we continue to open your word. Lord, bless us that we are going to be fully reminded that not only to continue to hear the Word of God, but to be doers of your Word. So bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So at this time, as we begin, I would like to request our brother Jimboy here to lead us in a worship. Brother Jimboy? Okay. Okay. That's it. Today we are going to continue our study in the letter of 1 Peter. I received a few requests to expand a little more in the area of suffering. 
I know this is a difficult topic, but um, again, the whole theme here is what is God doing through this coronavirus? And I have been trying to lay down the foundation in trying to prepare your mind and your heart because I have been saying for the last, I think, 10 years, the best is yet to come. But today, I would like to say that before the best is yet to come, the worst might come before the best. And so prepare your heart and prepare your mind because the Bible is full of verses that tells us that life is indeed a painful joy. Life is indeed a painful joy. So let me read my text here from 1 Peter chapter 1, 6-7. to In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can see here that Christianity is indeed a life of painful joy. The Old Testament commands us to delight ourselves in the Lord, Psalm 37 verse 4. And then in Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. In Deuteronomy 12, 18, we can also see there that we are to rejoice before the Lord our God in all our under, undertaking. In Luke chapter 6, verse 23, the, Jesus himself commands us to rejoice and live for joy, for your reward is great in heaven. In John 15, 11, he tells us that these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and so on and so on and on. So we can see that the Bible is full of verses that tells us to rejoice even in the midst of suffering. So that is our life here in this world. It's a life of tremendous joy at the same time as we go through all of this suffering. And this is where Peter picks up the theme in verse 6 and trying to show us only two reasons here that we can have this joy. In fact, we can call this painful joy. Painful joy? Joy that is painful? Strange, right? But let me just share with you two reasons why Christians can be joyful in the midst of suffering. Number one is in verse 6. It's a promise of a great future. The promise of a great future, because this is what he said, in this you greatly rejoice. And what is he referring to? And so we need to go back to verses 3, 4, and 5. And this is what he said in verse 3. God caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection from the dead. And this is something that we need to rejoice. I touched a little bit of this last Sunday. Verse 4. God is keeping an inheritance for us in heaven that cannot perish or soil or fade. Something to rejoice for. And verse 5, God is keeping us 
for that inheritance. Wow. What can we see here? Two things. We can see that there is an inheritance. And we can also see that somebody is going to inherit that inheritance. The inheritors, all of us, God's children here. And so right away, we can see that the basis of our joy, again, the basis of our joy is that we need to fully understand from these verses that God is keeping both. Again, God is keeping both the inheritance and the inheritor. Okay, let me explain this a little bit. God is keeping both the inheritance and the inheritor. He says he is keeping the inheritance for us in heaven. He is keeping it. He's preserving it for us. It's waiting for us. And that is something to rejoice. And then he also says, he is keeping us, not inheritance. He is keeping us in faith. Again, he is keeping the inheritance. This time he is keeping us in faith, the inheritors. Why? So that we will, in fact, not make a mistake of shipwrecking our faith and might lose that inheritance. So both. He is keeping the inheritance and is now also keeping us in faith so that we will succeed in inheriting that inheritance that he is keeping for us. Therefore, in verse 6, Peter is saying, in this, verses 3, 4, and 5, in keeping the inheritance and keeping us in faith, Wow, we greatly rejoice. There it is. We greatly rejoice. Therefore, the first reason for our joy is that we have a great future. Wow. Is that how you understand it? That God has made a promise to us. And not only that he has made a promise to us, he made that commitment to us to keep that inheritance for us and us for that inheritance. So again, two things, the inheritance and the inheritor. In other words, your joy, my joy, is based on the happiness of our future with God. You got it? Your joy, my joy, is based on the happiness of our future with God. So therefore, we can say that Christian joy is almost synonymous with Christian hope. There it is. That is why Peter again says in verse 3 that we were born again into a living hope. Verses 4 and 5 is simply describing that content of that hope. Verse 4, God is keeping an inheritance for us. He's keeping it for us. In heaven, it will never perish, it will never fade. Verse 5, God is keeping us for that inheritance. Hallelujah. That's why verse 6 says, we rejoice in this. We rejoice in this. And I hope you got it. I mean, are you rejoicing because this is what you have? This is what God has promised to you? We should rejoice because our hope is our joy. Or our joy 
is the hope that we have. Second point. The second reason that God has is this. God has a design for all the distresses that we will go through in life. Now, verses 6 or 7, it's about this design that we can see. Now, don't misunderstand me because the second reason for joy is essentially the same as the first one. The same thing. It's hope. But there is a difference here, okay? Let me point it out. In verses 3, 4, and 5, the point is this. That this inheritance is out there, it's unfading, waiting for us, being kept for us. Why? So that no matter what happens to us, no matter what distresses that we are going to face in this life, you know what we should do? We can look beyond to that future that is waiting for us so that we can make it here. In other words, it's simply saying, now we have this eternal perspective. Regardless of what distresses and pain and suffering that we will go through, when you have this eternal perspective, that we will have this inheritance waiting for you, wow, then you can make it. The difference is this, in verses 6 to 7, the point is different. Namely, this pain and suffering and distresses that we are going to go through have a part, again, they have a part in getting us ready to enjoy that inheritance to the fullest measure. They have a part. The design of God behind all of these distresses. In other words, we don't just look beyond the distresses to that hope that we have. You know what we are going to do? Okay? We should also look at God's design in all of this. In other words, we should also look at how God is working in this distresses or pain or trouble because there is a reason for that. There is a purpose for that. It is working out for good for us. So there is the difference there. The, the inheritance is there, waiting for us. But at the same time, we should also look at what is happening. Because this design over here, they have a part in preparing us to enjoy the inheritance. Okay? I hope you got it. <laughs> now... Let's look at those design in verses 6 to 7. God has a design for all of these distresses. We start with verse 6 again. Strange here because it says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while. Now watch this. If necessary, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. If you have your Bible, you can underline if necessary. What kind of necessity is this? Who is making this distress in all of these trials? What, what, what does it mean, necessary? Wow. Well, who is making all of this? The answer is God. 
Peter is making it plain that Christians, as we go through all of this distress, they only happen if God wills it. If God wills it. I'll go back to verses 3, 17. It is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. In other words, you might suffer for doing what is right or you might not because the ultimate choice is still God. Okay? If God wills it, it will happen. If God will not allow it, it won't happen. Chapter 4, uh, verse 4, verse 19. Let those also who suffer according, okay, according to the will of God, entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Wow. What is Peter teaching us here? I think Peter is saying now that the sovereign will of God still governs all the distresses that happens to you and to me. Therefore, the design in all of this, in all of the distresses, is not ultimately the design of the enemy, of the devil, of evil men, of Satan. It's not but is a design of God. Wow. Verse 6, I'll go back. If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. If God thinks it is needed, it is necessary, He will allow it. I mean, why would God do that? So this leads us again to the word, so that, in verse 7. I'll give you the reason now why God would deem it necessary that we be distressed by all of these various trials. Here's the answer now. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this verse is simply trying to spell out now the design of our distresses. There is a design. There is a design. And what is the design? The design is this, that our distresses in life would refine the genuineness of your faith and mine. That's the design. In the same way that fire refines gold. Why? I think this is important. So that when Jesus comes back, and he is coming back, the quality of your faith, the quality of my faith, would win praise and glory and honor. That's the design. And if God wills it, and sometimes he does not, because he can see from his end, it is necessary for a higher design. Wow. I know this raises a troubling question to some people. You might even ask, Siguro, you mean God wills the breakup of my family, of my marriage, 
You mean God wills that all of these viruses are going to happen? Well, I'll go back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 4 and 19. I will try to give the answer this way. The answer is no. God does not will it in the sense that he does not delight in pain for its own sake. No, he does not. God does not delight in giving all this pain. Of course not. He does not command sin. No. He does not even approve of sinning. On the other hand, it is yes, he does. He does will it in the sense, okay, in the sense that he could prevent these things to happen. He has the power to say no. But sometimes, okay, I say sometimes he does allow it. Maybe probably guides them, whatever. Why? Because of a higher design, higher than the destructiveness of sin, higher than the deceitfulness of Satan, higher than the painfulness of suffering. And so if he sees it necessary, he allows it to happen. Again, he does not endorse sin or approve sinning, but he can allow it, even the sinful acts, because of a higher and a holy design. For example, murder is not good, but they murdered Jesus. They did. It was sin. But the Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 10, it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. God willed it to happen. And because it happened, guess what? We're safe. We're safe. So let me just give you some elements in God's design regarding our distresses. I think this is important. Very important because when you know this, it gives meaning to your life. It gives you tremendous joy as you go through all of these distresses in life. Some of this you know, very simple. Of course, number one is that various trials. Our distresses are made of various trials, all kinds of trials, NIV or polka dots, different kinds. If necessary, verse 6, you have been distressed by various trials. What's the point? Why all kinds? Why all of this variety of pain and suffering that we have to go through in life? Well, again, God's design says it is necessary. It is necessary to what? To use a wide range of trials in life. Not just one kind. Tane like a Lord, just one kind. Why a wide range of trials? Well, Many of you are painters. Pastor Bong here is a painter. He uses all kinds of paint, from light to heavy to dark. But you see, at the end of the day, he gives you a picture, and it's so beautiful. Same thing in life. At the end of the canvas of your life and mine, it will be very beautiful and glorious. So what are we going to do? When you know this completely, 
entrust your life to Jesus. He knows what's best for us. All kinds. Number two, brief distresses. All of these are just brief. That's the design. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while. Okay? Little while. When I talk about brief, it's very relative. For example, if you say, you know, this guy can hold his breath for about three to four minutes underwater. Wow, that's long. I can't do that. At the same time, if you say that pastor has been serving the church for a long time, and when you say a long time, Masilika, 20, 25 years, so it's relative. In this case, the phrase is little while. Why little while lang? In other words, when you compare your life here on earth and you go through all of these distresses, it's almost like a long time. Okay, of course. But when you compare this life to what you are going to receive, that inheritance, undefiled and fading, kept for you, this life is nothing. Very, very nothing. Uh, let me give you a little testimony here. A few days ago, I have to go through a little procedure. You know, they have this IV for vitamin C to boost up your immune system. So I had it. And the doctora found it difficult to look for my veins. She tried it here. She cannot, find my, cannot see my veins. She tried it here. Nothing. And she said, if I cannot find it here, we will cancel the procedure. Finally, she found it. So a little pain over here, a little pain over here, a little pain over here. But while I was sitting there and I was thinking about this, I said, you know what the Lord was saying? You know, you compare that. This little pain is nothing compared to the benefits that your physical body is going to get. The little pain that we see as we go through in this life is going to be nothing compared to what you are going to receive in heaven. I think it was one author, Randy Alcorn, who said, by the time we get to heaven, you would not even remember what you went through here on earth in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. Right? Three, he talks about grievous trials. In verse 6, you have been distressed by various trials Meaning also you have been grieved or you have been sorrowed by all kinds of trials. Well, this is the design for us here. In this life, there is always a place for this grieving and distress. We all go through this. But the big difference is that the world cannot see it this way as we see it. When we go through all of this, we see a design behind all of this. And that is why we can still continue and endure because of the joy that is set before us. Yes, you can. You can. And of course, number four, it's going to be like a refining fire. In God's design, our distresses are like the fire that refines gold from impurities. Verse 7 that the proof or the genuineness of our faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, 
may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, when gold is melted by fire, the impurities float and they scrape it away. And when the refining fire is over, you have a gold which is so valuable. So it is with your faith in God. You know, we say, Lord, I believe in you. I trust in you. But sometimes there are also impurities in our faith. In what way? We may say we love God, but sometimes we doubt Him. We may say we trust Him, but sometimes we don't fully trust Him. We trust more of our money, our power, our position, you know, all of this. And so when you put it in the presence of God, these are impurities. These are the impurities of our faith. Therefore, these impurities in our faith, if this will not be refined by fire that we are going through here, will stop or will hinder the fullest experience of the goodness and the greatness of God. So that's the design of God, to refine our faith with the fires of trials and pain and suffering. His aim is not to punish you. His aim is that your faith and mind will be more pure and more genuine. And what does it mean when your faith is more pure and genuine? Meaning that you have this total dependence upon the Lord. Not on things, not on anybody. No. For our joy. So that is how God allows this design to happen to us, to refine that faith. And of course, one of the best illustrations of that is the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1, 8-9. Let me read how he tries to describe the refining design of God in his life. We do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. That's the fire. We had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Well, that's the goal. In other words, God took everything away from Paul. Everything. As if he allowed him to experience this overwhelming sense of abandonment. Parang, well, God, where are you? Well, that's fire. That's fire. Not because God did not love Paul, but because God saw Paul's faith as gold worthy of refining. You know, that can happen to you. God simply wants to refine your faith and mine. And number five, our faith receiving praise and glory and honor. Finally, in God's design, the result, okay? The result of this refining is this. That your faith and my faith will receive praise, honor, and glory. 
Let me read verse 7 again. That the proof of your faith may be found to result in praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. In other words, when Jesus appears in glory, two things are going to happen. One, the glory of God will be reflected in the mirror of your faith and mine. Okay. The glory of God will be reflected in the mirror of your faith and mine. In other words, on that day, we will know whether we have fully, fully trusted in the Lord. We will know if we have really put Him as the one that we hope for and we rejoiced because of what He has done. And with that, his glory will shine in our faith, hope, and joy. That is why now you know the reason that the more that your faith is pure and refined, just like the gold or the gold of our faith now, the more clearly the beauty of God and worth of God will be reflected in our faith. When that happens, God will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. As Peter said, Then he will give us the unfading crown of glory. See that? That's the whole reason for that design. And finally, we will see that all of this design of God has been the extraordinary joy of sharing in the glory and praise and honor of God himself. 1 Peter chapter 4.12, as I end. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you as though something strange were happening to you. Verse 13, but rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. Like I said, I have been, uh, I think that was 10 years ago that I told this congregation, the best is yet to come. <laughs> well, no doubt the best is yet to come. Jesus is waiting for us. Your inheritance is waiting for you. That's the best. We are all going to be in heaven. However, before the best will come, the worst is yet to happen. Because we are still going to go through this life with all of this refiner's fire. Why? So that you and I may be overjoyed. I like it, what he said. Overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. Overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. And now you know the reason why that our faith has to go through the refiner's fire. I'm going to ask Brother Tim to sing a beautiful song about what I have been talking about, the refiner's fire of your faith. Lord, thank you once again 
as we continue our study on the kind of life that we are going to go through as we await your appearing. Lord, we can live this life with great joy, knowing fully well that we have this inheritance waiting for us, and you are also keeping us for this inheritance. What a joy to know. Bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
message we learned today beloved about how to take that joy even in the midst of suffering and we thank God for his servant Pastor Joe for sharing the Word of God at this point of time beloved let me share to you our small group discussion questions that we can discuss together with our D group or our family in response to the Word of God D group discussion questions what is God doing through the corona virus part 5 getting started why does gold need to be refined? How is it refined? Transition. In the same manner, we also needed to be refined by experiencing various trials in order to remove any impurities in our hearts and for us to develop a genuine faith. Number one. As you continue to evaluate your life today, where does your joy lies? What is the basis of your joy? Number two, how does it help you endure sufferings and trials knowing that God does not only keeps our inheritance but He also keeps the inheritors? Number three, our pains and distress are God's way of refining the genuineness of our faith. In which aspect of your life is He refining you right now? Looking at my life. The Lord is sending us trials and pains in our lives in order to take away all the impurities that may hinder our full experience of His true goodness and greatness. Please write a short prayer in response to this truth. So beloved, let me encourage you, please take time to discuss what we learned today from the message together with your small group, together with your accountability partner, or together with your own family. It is our prayer that we can digest what we learn from the message and to be ready throughout the week in responding by applying the biblical truth we learn. At this point of time, let's pause for a moment for some announcements. We welcome our first-time viewers and worshipers. If you are a first-timer, please sign up the electronic form prepared for you on the link posted above. We would like to welcome you, connect with you, and give you a wonderful journey here in Ictus Dumaguete. 
We would like to journey with you through our social media platforms. First, visit our website, www.ikwisdumagete.org. Also, like our Facebook page, ikwisdumagete-idmc. Please follow us on Instagram, at ikwis.dumagete. Also on Twitter, at ikwisd. Also on Spotify, just search ikwisdumagete for podcasts and cover of songs. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Just search for Ictus Duma Gete. If you want to express your worship through giving, you can do it in two ways. First, you can drop by in our center. Just contact Ms. Eve Lucero, our finance officer. Second, if you have a BPI account or PayPal account, just scan the QR codes. Thank you so much for your generosity and partnership in fulfilling God's kingdom work here in Dumaguete and beyond. Oh, are you looking for a purpose? Join us as we discover it through the Purpose Driven Life book written by Rick Warren. Every night, 8 to 9 p.m., just visit ictusdumaguete-idmc Facebook page for the live stream. In behalf of Ictus Dumaguete family, Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Have a blessed week, everyone. God bless us all. There are more than 1.7 million cases of COVID-19 around This crisis has never been easy. But you don't have to go through this alone. Is offering the CAP Care, Ask, Pray campaign an online small group that serves as your support system during this pandemic. Why should you join? First is for you to connect. Now is the time when we need each other the most. This is meant to draw us together and discover what it means to be a flourishing church community. Second is accountability. It will give you an avenue to have someone with whom you can share your worries family needs, uncertainty, isolation, and fear. Finally, is prayer. It is a powerful weapon which we could effectively use as we battle during this crisis. Kapatid, now is the time to connect with each other and provide accountability and support through prayer. If you are willing to be part of this campaign, just contact us through our Facebook page or you may call or text Stay strong. Stay connected, Kapati. So, beloved, thank you so much for joining us in our Sunday worship celebration. I hope and pray that all of us are being refreshed, recharged, and renewed through the Word of God and His presence. So, before our closing song, let me pray for you. Abba Father, thank you so much for this beautiful time of worshiping together as a family as a body of Christ in your presence. Abba Father, thank you so much for giving us reminders, encouragements, how we need to respond in every situation that we are facing today. Lord Jesus, I want to speak blessing to all the people who are attending our worship service today. 
Lord, continue to bless them, continue to keep them, continue to provide for their needs, continue to heal them if they have sickness, continue to guide them if they need guidance and direction. And I pray, Father God, that as we continue to face and fight the battle of this pandemic, we will continue to live a victorious life because of Jesus in our lives. Father, again, we would like to bring back all the glory and praises and honor into your name for how good, for how faithful, and how loving you are towards us. May you continue to guide us as we continue to follow Jesus throughout the week. We bring back all the glory and praises to your name. This all we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a blessed day, everyone. Redeemer, lift to me from the mind.